Good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the June 3rd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today is Public Safety Day, the last show prior to our official election day of June 9th. After hearing from my candidates, I have now made my voting decisions. I will complete my ballot and drop it off in the box at the municipal building. All four Richmond County official absentee ballot drop boxes have been installed. The box located at the municipal building, 535 Telfair Street, is open. Drop boxes are also available at Diamond Lakes Regional Park, located at 4335 Windsor Spring Road. The Henry Brigham Community Center, located at 2463 Golden Camp Road and the Warren Road Recreation Center, located at 300 Warren Road. Voters may use the boxes to drop off their own ballot without having to provide a stamp. Also, did you know that you can vote in person even if you received an absentee ballot? You can, but you have to bring the absentee ballot to the polls with you. What would be the circumstances under which you would need to do that? Well, it could be that you marked your absentee ballot already and then needed to make a change in who you were going to vote for, and therefore you want to go to the polls. So whatever, if it's that circumstance or any other, uh, and you choose to go into the polls to vote in person, please bring that absentee ballot with you so that you can um, be approved to vote in person as well. Today, I have candidates for the Office of Sheriff, Marshal, and Coroner. As always, I extend invitations to all candidates, some of whom have chosen to participate with us today. Those who will be with us include the incumbent coroner, Mark Bowen, and his challenger, Corey Carlisle. We will also hear from incumbent Marshal, Ramon Lampkin, and challenger for Richmond County Sheriff, Randy Cluis. In keeping with the primary purpose of Local Matters, I had planned to provide you with information about the ins and outs of these offices, and I still will provide a few facts to help you put in perspective how these offices contribute to the quality of life in Richmond County and the services that they provide for us. However, the events of the past week and a half, starting in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then spreading throughout the country, have called my name. My son told me I had to talk about what is gripping the country right now. And as I reflect, I have concluded that this is probably the most unstable time in our country during my lifetime. We have certainly had other tumultuous times, but never with the backdrop of a pandemic and with a major election in front of us. As I thought through my comments for today, the following entered my thoughts. Attempts to sort what through what kind of environment could lead to what happened in Minneapolis. The Rodney King beating of 1991 and the subsequent trial and riots in 1992. Numerous acts of fatal violence by police which have been caught on tape. Our own Augusta riots of May 1970. My relationships with law enforcement officers over the course of my professional life in local government and the primary reason that local governments were formed to begin with. Like many of you, I'm sure, I have not slept well over the past few nights. I kept saying how surreal the pandemic had been going back to March. Now I'm saying how surreal Mr. Floyd's killing is 
as well as the flames which have engulfed a number of cities across the United States of America. The last few months have been a series of out-of-body experiences, shaking a country to the core and me along with it. Way back when I was an undergraduate student at the College of William and Mary, and I was sitting in uh, my classes related to urban history and urban sociology and urban government, I recall in one of those courses being told that the primary reason that local governments were formed to begin with was to provide public safety services. From there, obviously, the world has changed and there are other reasons that local government needs to exist. Uh, you get into development of and maintenance of infrastructure, uh, providing recreation and leisure services, uh, various other things that we have come to believe are vital functions of local governments to include things like uh, libraries as well and roads and uh, water and all of those sorts of things. But we have to be honest with ourselves and know that in the beginning, local governments were formed to ensure that laws were obeyed and there were people there to enforce those laws in a fair and impartial way. From there, uh, we have uh, gone through the course of history uh, and we have seen that still law enforcement is the primary reason that local governments exist and therefore use a significant share of the resources of any local government organization particularly when you factor in not just the law enforcement agencies, uh, but also the courts and the entire public safety system uh, to include 911 as well, uh, a large share of any local government's resources go toward public safety. Uh, we feel like there's no reason for a government to exist unless they can ensure uh, that laws are reasonably enforced and people feel like they can be safe in their respective communities. Also, as I reflect over the events of the last week to two weeks, I've also carefully thought through my relationships with law enforcement officers over the years. Uh, I recall very distinctly from my days in Albany when I came in as a young assistant city manager who was eager to serve the public but still didn't know an awful lot of details about the ins and outs of local government. It was our police department and police chiefs in particular that really helped me understand the business. Uh, as a young manager, there were a lot of things that uh, I wanted to do, maybe didn't understand how to get them done, uh, needed to understand more about human nature. I would often rely upon uh, a couple of really good police chiefs to try to help me sort through people, just the business of managing people and understanding what makes people tick. I recall days when I would see something happen and I would say, I just don't understand why he or she uh, would do that. And I could have a confidential conversation with one of them and they would share with me the rationale behind the decision making. And they could do it in such a common sense manner and it just made so much sense. Uh, encounters like that led me to have a great degree of respect for law enforcement officers. Uh, some of the police officers that I have known have been the most honorable and some of the smartest folks that I have ever met. Uh, when I look into the mind of somebody who can be a competent investigator, uh, for instance, 
those people uh, have very, very logical thought processes. They understand the psychology of folks. Uh, they can put pieces together in a way that makes things make sense. They know how to build a case, take it to court, uh, provide reasonable arguments for uh, what's happened. In many cases have been made or broken on the testimony of uh, a law enforcement official who's had to put all the pieces together to investigate a tough case uh, and assist the prosecuting attorneys with getting those cases into court to make sure that justice is done on behalf of the victims of those crimes. So uh, I still keep in touch with a number of law enforcement folks that I've worked with over the years, if, if only that, um, that we're friends on Facebook now. And I still sometimes am blown away by the sheer intellect of some of the men and women I have known over the years who've been excellent police officers. So in my history, um, because of my role in local government, I had to work very closely with them and um, just came to love, respect, and admire some of those folks. And now when I see uh, incidents on the other side of the spectrum, when I see things that are certainly less than honorable, in fact, sometimes downright dishonorable, uh, it leaves me in an awkward position and gives me an awful lot to think about. Uh, police officers are probably among the most diverse uh, of groups you'll ever meet. And when I speak of that diversity, I, I'm, I'm speaking in terms of educational level. Uh, some of them have master's degrees and some of them are high school graduates. Uh, some of them are extremely articulate, uh, dedicated, loving individuals who really went into the business for all of the right reasons. And that is to protect uh, the rest of us from criminal elements. Uh, so uh, watching all this has been quite uh, disheartening and, and uh, hurtful for me. I also, of course, mentioned the Augusta riots of May 1970. We just uh, marked the 50th anniversary of that. Uh, as I went back to do a little bit more reading, and I know there were lots of events that a community committee had planned that, of course, had to be postponed due to COVID-19. Uh, I've read on that riot and I thought back to myself as a little tyke back then. I was in the first grade. I remember sitting in a classroom at W.S. Hornsby Elementary School and several of my classmates knew the riot was coming because they had older siblings who had told them about it or who had planned to participate themselves. So there was a strange air in the building that day. Uh, it was a quiet storm of sorts in the sense that we knew something was going to happen. But obviously, as a first grader, I didn't have any idea how extensive uh, the damage or the fallout of that would be. And of course, then no concept of what would lead to it. But we know from the words of Martin Luther King Jr. that the riot is the language of the unheard. So if people can't be heard with their words, they find other ways to be heard. And that's exactly what led to the conditions of the Augusta riots of 1970, uh, again, considered one of the largest, if not the largest riot in the Deep South uh, at that time. I also thought through uh, various uh, incidents of fatal violence that have been caught on tape. Uh, luckily, from the days of the camcorder on to now, everyone having a cell phone in their hands, uh, we can see firsthand the things that have taken place. Uh, when we were dealing with the Rodney King beating back in the early 1990s, I, I, I'm sure 
all of you were like me and thought that that was the worst thing that we would ever see on video. Just the idea that a single human being could be struck multiple times with by multiple police officers with nightsticks. And that was called back then before cell phone video. That was someone with a camcorder who was nearby. Uh, we just thought that was so awful. But now, unfortunately, we have regressed almost 30 years later to the point where it's not unusual, not just for somebody to be beaten on camera, but to be absolutely killed, uh, which takes us up to the events in Minneapolis. Of course, there have been several others between Rodney King and George Floyd. But the notion that in broad daylight on a busy street with cameras rolling for police officers could uh, kill someone for a relatively minor incident on the street. And, and yes, we don't know all of the details. Details will continue to emerge as we move forward. But everything that I've read, and you all know I read uh, several out-of-town newspapers to include the New York Times, uh, everything I've read uh, seems to indicate that this could have been avoided. And as someone who has worked in local government for a number of years and has supervised the law enforcement function, I was left with any number of questions. I started asking myself questions about training, about supervision, about discipline. Um, I've, we've learned that at least a couple of the officers who have been terminated by the Minneapolis Police Department now had uh, long histories of uh, complaints filed against them. But despite large numbers of complaints having been filed, there were very few disciplinary actions against them. So uh, there is an awful lot uh, that we have to learn about what happened internally. Um, if I were a city official in Minneapolis right now, I would be extremely nervous about what conditions led to a situation where this could indeed happen in 2020 uh, in in daylight. So um, as I've thought through all of these things, yes, like you, I've lost some sleep. And yes, I have concluded that this is an extremely unstable time in our history. Of course, I wonder where we go from here. Uh, nobody knows, but somehow deep in my psyche, I am wondering if things will indeed turn worse. You know, everybody has thought of 2020 as one of the strangest and worst years on record. And uh, that it is. And I fear that it, we're not at the end of it yet. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. Um, that stands to reason, even though I'm not an end time prophet, I'm not one of those folks that uh, claims to know what's happening later. You know, we just have to be faithful uh, in God and believe and know that he is in control of all circumstances and the hand of God is at work in all things. But I would not be surprised if there are other things that uh, come about that shake us to the core as we, we move forward uh, through the remainder of 2020. As I said today, joining us is coroner Mark Bowen and his challenger, Corey Carlisle. The coroner's office is uh, one of those offices that we don't think about until there is some uh, troubling situation, such as a death in our family. Uh, the coroner's office is one of the smallest offices in uh, Richmond County government. Uh, there are only about seven full-time employees there. Uh, they have a budget a little over 600000 and our coroner is the lowest paid of all of the elected officials. Uh, 
Uh, last year, I think they handled about a thousand death cases. Following that will be incumbent Ramon Lampkin just completing uh, his first term as marshal. Uh, the marshal is one of those offices that is also a little unusual in Augusta, Richmond County, uh, from the standpoint that most counties that have a marshal, that marshal is not elected. Uh, this is the, one of the few elected marshals in the state. Uh, that office has over a hundred staff people. Uh, their primary responsibilities are uh, to keep us clean and safe. They provide building security for county buildings. They also uh, handle evictions. Uh, they sometimes average, I think, about 16 evictions per day. Uh, they also handle junk vehicles enforcement. They serve several papers. Um, they have a variety of diverse responsibilities in that office, and all of their personnel are uh, sworn uh, law enforcement officers. All the ones you see out on the street are sworn law enforcement in the same way that a traditional uh, police department or sheriff's office would be. Uh, finally, we have challenger Randy Cluis. He's running for the office of Richmond County Sheriff. Uh, that office is one of the, if not the largest full service sheriff's office in the state of Georgia. You may recall that prior to Augusta and Richmond County's consolidation in 1996, there was a separate Augusta Police Department and Richmond County Sheriff's Office. At that time, the uh, uh, sheriff's office provided uh, services at the jail. They managed the jail, which they still do. They also provided patrol services outside of the city limits in unincorporated Richmond County, while the Augusta Police Department uh, covered uh, inside the old city limits. Uh, after consolidation, the sheriff's office took over all of those functions. Uh, that is the largest department in all of uh, Augusta's government uh, with over 750 full-time positions. And here they are, your candidates. Hey, this is Marshal Ramon Lampkin, and I'm running for re-election here in Richmond County. Uh, my biggest accomplishment in my public life is when I won the seat of Marshal. All throughout my law enforcement career, I always at the bottom and just learned to work my way to the top and always just trying to affect change. Even state control, you know, it was more of a paramilitary organization. Orders came down from the top and you just got your marching orders and you just did things. And I, and I saw there was a deficiency sometimes that sometimes it's a better way can, you can do things, but, you know, nobody wanted to listen to the person at the bottom ranks. Nobody wanted to listen to the person at the bottom ranks. They just wanted to command orders down. So that's one reason why I ran for office here for the Richmond County Marshal is to really have influence in the city to really get some things accomplished. And when I won that marshal seat, it was really a big accomplishment for me. And I knew that I can run an agency the way I wanted to run it. I can take input from everybody in the agency. That input ideas come from the bottom down and from the top up. Uh, or the bottom up and from the top down. So, and, and that's the big one, my biggest accomplishment when I won the marshal's office. And to be a 28-year incumbent is definitely a big thing, but it's just a testament of the hard work that we put in for our campaign. Uh, we work day and night, uh, 24 hours a day, and, and it paid off. And it just, thanks to the citizen of Richmond County, I am your marshal. And one big thing that I wish I could do for Augusta is to create some type of harmony, to create a cohesive unit here in Richmond County. Richmond County has so much potential. Augusta has so much potential, but a lot of times uh, we let egos get involved and, and sometimes uh, this person over here don't like that person over there, and then they would stand in the, in the way of a good project or a good 
something good for the community and it, it would fall to the wayside just because we have attitudes and egos getting in, in the way. If, if I can do one thing in Augusta, it would be to bridge the gap between the citizens, between the elected officials, that, that we can all come together for one common goal to make Augusta great, to make Augusta better so we can act like we're the second largest city in the state of Georgia. And, and I say that all the time. People say we're the second largest city, but we don't act like it a lot of times. You know, we talk a lot, but never do the things that we need to do. I see some, some future here, and I just hope and I wish we could just get some cohesiveness and just work together and make Augusta better. Hello, my name is Mark Bowen. I am the coroner for Richmond County. I've had several accomplishments with the coroner's office that I'm very proud of. Professionally, I'm most proud of the experienced staff that work alongside me in the office. I have brought in the most experienced deputy coroners in the state of Georgia. Together, we have over 70 years of investigation work. In addition to the expertise, I'm very proud of my staff for the kindness and the compassion in which they show in their jobs daily. They spend several hours, sometimes with families, helping them through their loss. Also, I'm very thankful and proud of the recent opportunity I had to connect at least 100 veteran markers with family members who had lost loved ones that had no markers. These markers were left in an abandoned funeral home. It really meant a lot to me personally to speak to these families and make made me very happy to provide this service to the families. As I said before, there's a whole lot more. Just don't really have a whole lot of time to tell you, but my office is being recognized by my peers as a model office in the state of Georgia. I was also appointed to the Georgia Corners Training Council with five other members who decide the curriculum for training and disciplinary actions for corners throughout the state. Other accomplishments that we have also include a STAR program, Saving Teens at Risk. We work in joint effort with the juvenile court, bring teens through the coroner's office, educating them about death, bad decisions, and consequence of their actions. Again, we also have uh, resources like grief counseling, chaplain services, and I recently started a military pauper burial program where homeless veterans are buried with military honors. We have been working with the crimes against the vulnerable and elderly to make sure people that die in personal care homes and assisted living do not die due to mistreatment or neglect. I introduced a bill in the Capitol that would allow nursing home deaths to be investigated by coroners. Right now, the deaths are not investigated by coroners. When we do get the cases, usually it's several weeks late, and takes a lot of backtracking to investigate these deaths. Again, my name's Mark Bowen, and I would ask for your vote tonight. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey Carlisle, and I'm running for the office of Corner of Richmond County. Um, I have really took the opportunity to try to get myself prepared for this chance to run for office. Uh, I have taken several classes that give me the opportunity to lead and guide the people that I work for or work under and to leave the ones that work under me. I just ask you for that opportunity to just give me the chance to show you that we need to change. Um, I have really accomplished a lot in work for the sheriff office. Uh, I have taken my supervisors, my management classes to prepare me for this day um, to take lead in the office that I speak around for. 
So one of the main things that I want to do when I get into the office is bring um, stability, give women an opportunity to work in that field because that's a man-dominated field that no women work in. I want to take that office and bring it to the 21st century and give parents and families the opportunity to get back into society after they lose their loved one by bringing on grief counselors to have someone to talk to on a regular basis for the first the first 60 days after they lose their loved one so we can get them back into society so they won't have the mental issues problems or about their family members. All I ask for is your vote on June the 9th. Corey Carlisle from Corner, Richmond County. Hey, I'm Randy Clewis, a candidate for Richmond County Sheriff. One of my most significant accomplishments is public service. I started off as a master arms in the United States Navy, which is military police. Since uh, leaving the military, I've obtained my bachelor's degree in criminal justice and business administration and management. And I have a total of over 17 years worth of military and law enforcement experience. I have been fortunate to have lived a lifelong dream and that's being in law enforcement. And this started when I was approximately four or five years of age when I initially said this is what I wanted to do as a career field. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with the ability, drive, and success to move up through the ranks at various agencies, all while continuing to serve my community no matter where I was currently living. I truly believe that service to the community through police work with members of the community is what we're gonna to need to build trust within the community. This gives everyone ownership of policies and procedures that we as law enforcement use while enforcing laws within our community. And it opens up our lines of communication and strengthens the idea that the police and the public are partners and not oppositions or opponents. Now, the one thing that I would like to make happen for Augusta is that I want to create building that positive relationship between the community and law enforcement for the city of Augusta and Richmond County. The way we will accomplish this once elected as the sheriff is we will conduct monthly town hall meetings, participation in HOA meetings. We'll have meeting greets between the sheriff's office and the public. We will look at conducting public press conferences as well as using various social media platforms. I will also look at having a hotline for myself and the staff for any concerns or anything that's on a citizen's mind that they have direct access to me to where this would be reviewed daily. So if you want to give an attaboy to it for something the deputy did, or you have a concern about something in your neighborhood or any other comments or issues, you're able to leave a message We'll review it and we'll reach back out to you. This will allow the community to have that unprecedented access to the sheriff and create open lines of community communication that we desperately need in today's society. I look forward to earning your vote on June 9th. It'll ultimately become your next sheriff here in Augusta, Richmond County. Feel free to check out my website at www.cluelessforsheriff.com to find out any further information about me and my campaign. And again, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you today. And we look forward to seeing you on June 9th. Thank you. Now that you've heard from our candidates, I certainly hope you feel like you're in a better position to make good decisions for yourself.
There's one thing that I would like to share on top of all of the things I've discussed over the last several weeks in preparation for this election uh, that I haven't mentioned yet, but I feel like it's important for me to say. Like my discussion of the May 1970 riot, I'm going way back into my memory bank on this one. Um, my father was someone who was very, very interested in politics, having been disenfranchised for the early parts of his life. Uh, when he had the opportunity to vote, he went ahead and did that. Uh, I recall very distinctly him going out into the community. Uh, he would see people who were running for office or who already held office, and he would always come home and talk about whether they spoke to him or not. Uh, he would go to the Georgia Railroad Bank. I think some of you who are a little bit older, have a little gray hair, will remember that it used to be located at the corner of 11th and Gwinnett Street which is now Laney Walker, and he would see certain elected officials, and he would say, you know, he's always asking my, for my vote at election time, but he's not willing to speak to me uh, at any other time, and it always rubbed him the wrong way. So uh, that's just something, a little tidbit for you to think about uh, the people who represent you and what you expect from them. As always, I thank the Augusta Regional Airport for their sponsorship of this program. They uh, are helping make this show a reality, and I appreciate them for it. Always, my firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, I consider to be a sponsor of the program. Uh, and please contact me if you have uh, any uh, uh, interest in sponsoring the show or have any suggestions about topics as we move forward. As I close today, please keep in mind my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making to make sure that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. because local matters.